so pretty clean Yeah, bands and nights are full energy From bed right here, cause they're my enemies Live and like, rate and review Your own subs are they be, couple guess too We're gonna win the trophy, we're overdue Can we do the double, make it deja vu It's a move, London the ting, girl, but it's only on the wing Harry's one of her own, I ain't a in It's only got money, but let's see the king And we got Delhi Ali, let's talk in Hello and welcome to the Shelf Side, your weekly Spurs podcast. Episode 8. Good evening, Kwabna. How are you doing, my friend? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you? I think the adrenaline is just beginning to slowly simmer down. Football is back. And it's really back this time. We played a game, a big game. And the result wasn't so great. But football's back. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I was glad to have the game back. It was not the result that I wanted. But... It definitely could have been worse had we played just following on from where we left off. I think there have been some changes, obviously having some players back and getting them up to speed. And in the end, it was probably a fair result. Yeah, so it was back. It was a bit weird. Uh, this is the fourth game now in the Premier League. Football without fans. And it's been interesting. And I'm not going to lie, I didn't think I would do it. But I've been watching the games with the crowd noise and I think it adds some value because I've tried it without very briefly I might add and it didn't really work for me it was too much like a preseason game so there are a few different things that are obviously been introduced and we're not going to go into all of those I think everyone's aware of those but for me the drinks break um, is an interesting one because it killed some momentum in some of the games I've seen and obviously the five subs is an interesting one as well but I think we had a big mistake, goal line technology failing for the first time ever in seven years, I think it is, in the Sheffield United Villa game. Uh, Mike Oliver did all he can. He couldn't do much more. And I think VAR should have stepped up, but didn't. And I don't know the protocol there. But for me, one of the remits of VAR is clear and obvious Maybe refereeing decisions, it wasn't a direct refereeing decision, but it was clear and obvious. I think VAR can intervene and given Sheffield United that goal. And it was the deserved goal. So I don't know your thoughts on any of the games you've seen, Kwabna. I actually haven't watched any of that. I've just seen like clips from the other games. This is the first game I've watched. Um, uh, so yeah, but I have, I have seen the clips from the games and yeah, it was a big mistake in that Villa game I think everyone's just kind of getting back into it and it's just got such a weird feel that I expect there's going to be there are going to be a few more mistakes and some adjustments and teething and it's going to be it's just strange it's like weird pre-season not really pre-season let's finish it off let's not really just finish it off people having things to play for people coming back it's all just a bit weird it's a bit weird and you touched on uh, mistakes there were a lot of mistakes in the game that our old enemy lost um, one man in particular um, sideshow Bob so that was always fun to see 
but there were two injuries as well in that game very early on. So that could be something to do with coming back, not being fully prepared, etc., etc. So it is weird. It is weird. And we played our game. And I think we should go straight into that now. Yeah, so, for sure. Obviously, Man United finished 1-1. Uh, we put out a tweet of our predicted Mourinho lineup, and yep. I'm so upset I didn't stick to my guns and force Dyer in the side because you said this narrative of Mourinho liking Dyer, you weren't buying it. Do you buy it now? I didn't buy my well. First of all, yeah, I have to buy. It. I have to buy into it, don't I? Because he lined up with Dyer despite there not being any seemingly inj- any seeming injuries to Alderweireld, I think the big thing that I didn't buy was that people made out like he liked Dyer to the point where he would play him regardless of whether Alderweireld was fit or not. And I find that strange because Alderweireld has been our best defender for a very long time and a, probably of all our defenders, he is the most likely to walk into a top side, even at this stage in his career. And he turned around and signed a big contract once Mourinho came and joined. So all signs pointed to say if there was one person he was nailed on, it was him. So to have him superseded by Dyer just didn't make sense. But it seemed like the whole world knew this was the case, apart from me. And you made this <laughs> point. Um, and I was like, well, it just didn't make sense logically because even on his worst day, out of the road is a better defender than... Eric Dyer. But, turns out I was wrong, man. I was wrong. Well, your narrative, the point on the narrative was slightly off, so it seems. But I guess it's one game, so let's see. Uh, So the lineup was obviously Lloris in goal, Oriet right back. The only change in defence that was a surprise, yeah, Dyer in for Toby out of Airworld. And in midfield, Winks and Tissoko in the base. Um... And obviously Lamella in the 10, more than a three-man midfield role. And the other three, Son, Bergwijn, Kane, no surprise there. But a big surprise from United, and maybe not such a big surprise, depending on the way you look at it. But the absence of Pogba filled me with a little bit of confidence. And I wasn't expecting Lindelof in for Bailly. But maybe, and we'll probably get into this a bit more, the fact that Pogba hasn't kicked a ball for such a long time, and I know everybody hadn't played football for three months, but returning from an injury with that extended break, yes, physically fit, match sharpness is going to be off more so than the others. So maybe that was why Pogba didn't play. I can't believe it was a tactical decision um, to try and shut up shop and have a tight midfield. But... Yeah, that was the other shock. So, I guess the game started brightly for Spurs to a degree. Uh, We weren't outplayed in the first half. And I thought we'd get the first goal. Uh, You did say that. You did say that. Yeah, yeah. I thought we'd get the first goal and I thought United would come into it later on. But I think we got the first goal, played well, first half. Wasn't too bad. Wasn't too bad at all. I think we were mostly and largely in control. Uh, and then I think we were good value for one year at half time. What, what was your take? Yeah, I thought we were good value for one year at half time. I thought we managed to control elements of the game, keep ourselves in the comfort zone. 
allowed us to not necessarily take the game, but the game didn't go away from us at any one point, which was um, refreshing to see. We have relinquished control on a lot of occasions since Mourinho has come into play because he just likes to play in a different style. And we saw that change in the second half a little bit. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I think for us, yeah, first half, not bad. Considering coming your first game back in this situation into a very big game, that means a lot. It wasn't a bad showing. Um, second half was a different story. I don't think it was a dreadful performance, but I thought the second half was us inviting them onto us a lot more, us trying to soak up pressure. And at times, we went from being smart and playing out from the back in smart triangles and intelligent movement to giving the way the ball away cheaply and then just wild clearances at times, which felt very secondary school playground football. Or not wild clearance and let's just try and chop back inside and give the ball away anyway. But we'll get into that. So yeah. I'm not sure what the major reason was for the shift in the second half. I've been trying to wrap my head around it, but we certainly dropped a lot deeper. We invited them on. I think if you look at the heat map, our centre-backs, especially Dyer, was, was very deep, whereas their centre-backs pushed up. Their game in the second half was played predominantly in our half. And that's always a danger because we're not built to sustain pressure and defend for 45 minutes. We're not built like a good old Chelsea side under Mourinho or... Uh, an Atleti side under Diego Simeone. That's not us. I think in the past, we had good defence and we would control possession. I think that's that was always my worry when I saw us start without Lo Celso and Dombele today, that at some point, especially when Pogba came on, we would lose the game in midfield. And if you remember the first game at Old Trafford, we certainly lost it in midfield. Uh, yep. Sissoko doesn't necessarily play a traditional central midfield role. And if you look at his heat map as well, I think he kind of always drifts slightly to the right and was a slightly a bit deeper. So I think the game was lost in the second half in midfield, territorially and definitely in possession. Um, but it could have been worse because they were awarded a penalty. Um, and I've never been a fan of Moss, I think. He can't get about the field, and that shouldn't be the case for a Premier League referee. You're a professional. That's all you do. You should be able to get around the field. And, and that was a shocking decision, and VAR kindly showed up and said, no, thank you. Yeah, so, yeah, that, that, that's, that's, a fair, that's a fair assessment. I think looking at the game, there were like key takeouts, and I mean, I guess we should probably just like get into it now. Um but you raised the point um, about Sissoko and where he played. And I thought that there were large positives um, from Sissoko. He brought a steel and a physicality back into that midfield, which meant that we could control in certain elements, but also not be fearful, not too fearful when going back. He made a fantastic interception in the last like five minutes where a ball from Pogba came across to Rashford and he cut it out like beautifully. Um, really athletic, going back to goal. 
But then he also made a couple of poor decisions when trying to bring the ball out from defence, which turned a situation where we'd recovered the ball into losing it and being in a very dangerous position really quickly. But um, overall, I was happy to see him back and to add something to our midfield that none of our other players currently provide. So that was important. Yeah, and I fully agree. I wasn't digging Sissoko out, for sure. I think he added that still. Ball recovery, we saw that. Interceptions, we saw that as well. Yeah, and we know what we're going to get sometimes with Sissoko going forward. That pass isn't always going to be accurate. But I think we can get away with that right now because he's the most, I wouldn't say defensive-minded, but certainly the most... um, Athletic in midfield and the one that's probably going to recover the ball the most. So definitely needed in there. Um, I think first game back as well, he's been out for a while as well. So um, I think I thought it was decent tonight. All things considered. So speaking of midfield, uh, I'm I'm not anti-Winks. I think Winks has got some talent. I think he's limited, uh, and I think in the biggest games, he's probably not going to be the player for us. I'm just slightly confused with regards to Tongi Dombele. I thought for sure he would be starting today or featuring. Now, one of the giveaways for me, what I thought was a giveaway, was in um, a lot of the games in uh, preseason. I say a lot of the games, uh, the two games. I, he took corners, took free kicks, was the man on the ball. And usually that's a telltale sign that he's going to feature. Uh, didn't even make it onto the pitch for one moment. Even in the game where we had conceded territory and possession, Winks didn't have his best game today. And especially in the second half, the ball didn't stick, didn't recover it, didn't give it, didn't go, didn't change the, sh- the direction or the flow of the game. I know we brought on the Celso, but the game for me was crying out for a bit of Dombele magic. You saw what happened when Pogba came on and got on the ball. So I think that midfield battle and the fact that I think we only had one proper preseason game probably meant our match sharpness and especially midfield kind of waned in the second half. So I don't know what you feel about that. Yeah, no, I agree. I think... I think there's an opportunity to get him onto the ball and to try something. It seemed like once we had conceded the goal and we were ready to go again, right? And when we were ready to go again, Lo Celso and Fernandez was getting a lot of joy. And it just had me thinking, if we do have five subs to play, why not just roll the dice and get Numbilla on there yeah. and put him in a position where exactly. he can have an impact, where he can try and change the flow of the game. I think... Solskjaer made his changes and had Fernandez and Pogba playing together in a much-awaited midfield pairing. We've all been waiting to see how Dombele and Lo Celso can play together with someone behind them in Sissoko who can protect. So this was a perfect opportunity. We had one; it was one-one. There wasn't much of the game left. You could argue there's not much to lose, right? But a draw doesn't help you. One of us roll the dice. You're at home. I know home advantage doesn't mean the same as it does with the fans and stuff, but it also, like, you have a level it's of comfort. comfort in your home pitch yeah. that you don't have anywhere else. So bring him on. 100%. Just see what he can do. You have nothing to lose. And the fact that he didn't was just, I don't know, I thought that was unacceptable, personally. 
it's very, very strange. And he talked him up and he has got that ability and he must be fit now. Not to feature at all. Like you say, roll the dice with five subs. Bring him on. Instead of Getson, bring him on. If it doesn't work, haul him off. You've never been afraid to do that. What, yeah, you've I got think five he's... subs, man. If you do it and he's got... If he's, if he's crap for five minutes, take him off then. If you really think that Getson's going to make the difference, then do that. But it was... And it was strange because Mourinho's always been lauded for his, ability, his in-game management, his willingness to make those substitutions and change things. And he just didn't take the opportunity. So I thought that was disappointing. Yeah, indeed. And I could talk about the midfield and Tongi, Dombele and Lacelso all day long, but we haven't got all day. So let's talk about one of the decisions Mourinho looked like he was getting right. Um, your favourite player of the moment, Mr. Eric Dyer. Yeah, that was a strange one for me because you outlined the reasons why you believed he was going to play, which were all valid and have all obviously been... Um, been vindicated and validated in the team choice and I thought that Dio had a largely decent game I think he made some important interceptions he made an important um tackle on block yeah a block sorry on Marshall was it Marshall yeah it was Marshall um, it was a very key block and I think that block probably flattered to deceive a little bit that block probably made it look like it was a great all action um display it wasn't. It was decent. but Didn't, didn't decent need to be, so though, did it? No, it didn't need to be. But decent is so far from where Eric Dyer has been. It made it look like he'd come on leaps and bounds. I still found that it was a strange selection. But Eric Dyer playing at this level, is better to have him playing at this level than not. So whatever Mourinho has managed to do, if he can keep him at this level at the very least, then he's going to be useful. Hopefully he kicks on from that. It was very unfortunate. I thought the penalty was unfortunate, not in the sense that it was the wrong decision. It was the right decision, but it's like, I feel like Dyer had just had a second to think. He would have seen that. Davis is coming to cut off the channel. Um, I thought Harry Winks left him exposed, so he was put in that position. He didn't have to be. I thought if, I, I thought if Harry Winks had tracked his man, he wouldn't have had that situation. But even when he came inside, Ben Davis, I felt, could have helped cover it up. He should have just involved the blast. I'd rather... He stood him up and he pulled the ball across and they managed to get a shot off then for that penalty because Fernandez, you know, he's as cool as anything when it comes to the penalty spot. So, yeah, it's, it's a shame and it was a blight on Eric Dyer's return. But, um, yeah, it's clear that Mourinho does believe in him. So we'll see how that turns out for us this season. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just everything you said, I agree. I actually was... Kane in Dyer in real time. I felt he just let Pogba roll him. But um, in hindsight and a replay, good bit of footwork from Pogba, to be fair. The jink, shimmy, and the momentum that he had. And once Dyer planted his foot the other way, it looks like he just steps around him. But there was the ability in what Pog brought to the table there to get around the other side. It was a bit of nice trickery. And a bit of naivety from Dyer. And I don't think Dyer actually meant to bring him down. I think the legs no. collided. No. So, no. yeah, no. that's why it's a little bit unfortunate, but a bit maybe naive from Dyer. And my thing is about sensing danger. And maybe he was just slightly positionally in the wrong place. Cut off the, the line. He shouldn't be allowed to go down there. 
and see him back inside. But I think he did, away from the pen, have a decent game. Uh, Davies, is, again, has got a sense of danger. Understand where the threat is. And if he gets closer, maybe Dyer doesn't clip him. But who knows? Because I, I don't think he intended to make a challenge as such. But he's obviously trying to recover. But yeah, I thought Dyer was okay today. Bar that. Yeah. I'll tell you... No, go on. No, I, th- I think I think he was okay, and I, I, but it just makes me wonder. Like, he was okay. I don't imagine other world making that mistake for the penny. I don't know. I feel like there's a bit of rose tinted glasses going on with um, you and other world at the moment. I think yes, he has been our best defender. Yes, he is a better defender than Dyer. However, this has not been his best season. And since he he, the birth of his child, he hasn't come back strong. Now, I would he expect hasn't. him to start in a real world, like non-Mourinho, but there is something with Mourinho and Dyer. And yeah, no, there, 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 definitely, there definitely seems to be something there. I just think it's... I, I still maintain that despite the shortcomings of his season so far, I think when we look at it really... Really objectively, I think we'll still find that they, they, that kind of mistake I wouldn't have expected Alderweireld to make. Like I, even even though yes, there are there probably are some roses into glasses, and he's got a lot of equity built up over what he's done in the past, you know, few seasons. But ultimately, that mistake in particular, like that mistake specifically, I don't think he would have made. Okay, I'm just gonna say Danny Ings, Southampton. Spurs New Year's Day. That's all I'm going to say. Um, who has <laughs> who had a really, really, really good game today? And I've been critical of this man, uh, but I thought, especially in the big games, I've been really critical of him. But I thought Loris was outstanding today um, in what he had to do. He did it really well. Um, I was screaming at my screen at one point when he kicked the ball which was never going to be classed as a back pass. And he booted it out. I thought, oh no, here we go again. He's going to panic in a big game. But made some smart stops, one really good save, and obviously had no chance for the penalty. But I think everything he did, he did with confidence, did well, wasn't flapping. His kicking was better today. And he gave Aurier a rocket, which I've been critical of him for not doing as captain. He gave him a rocket when he messed up. And it led to a chance. So I think Loris was a good number one today. It's interesting, the point you made about not having fans earlier, it made Loris seem so much more vocal and commanding. I felt like I heard his voice the whole way through the game. I felt like he was constantly reprimanding, giving instructions, get it out first time. Like the first, the second time that Oria lost the ball in the right back position, in the second half, you heard Luis when he collected the ball. And the third time, he said, "Ori, out, out, out. Just get rid of it. Just get rid of it." And that's yeah. one time where Ori just like punted the ball basically into the flipping far corner. Um, but <laughs> it just showed Luis to be way more commanding. So it makes me wonder, like, maybe he's always been like that, but we just didn't hear it. It just didn't seem that way. It wasn't as demonstrative. Who knows? But I definitely, it definitely drew attention to that in a way that I've never had before. 
Exactly. And this is one of the virtues of, like you say, the no fans and maybe not listening with um, the crowd noise. Because, yeah, he looks like he talks. He looks like he gives good advice. And I couldn't see Aurier in those um, screenshots, but I'm sure he wasn't complaining or arguing back because it didn't look like Loris was having any of it. Um, but let's talk about our man, Aurier. Not one of his best games today. Didn't offer much going forward, but still got caught out defensively. Did one amazing crossfield pass. One of the only few times we really switched it with purpose. And we kind of messed up that um, opportunity. But he did that well. Give him that. But, but those incidents you were talking about, over-elaborate at times when you don't need to be, especially when we're under the cosh. I get that we need to regain possession and start playing again and build our way up the pitch territorially. But Lloris almost led to a mistake that cost, well, did create a mistake that led to a penalty. Luckily, it was incorrectly given. And the other mistake led to a chance. So he can be headless and was a bit poor today for me. He was poor. He was he was he had an involvement in the goal, um, but yeah, to me, I, he, he thing about Aria's mistakes was that it wasn't that he was put. It wasn't that he he was his own enemy. Like a lot of them were unforced errors, and he doesn't seem to know the difference between when it's time to get that to get the ball down and play a short smart pass in front of you versus when it times to start get clear he just he just keeps on making the same kinds of mistakes and for me it just gives me any a lot of doubt as to whether he can learn I think defensively when you are making different kinds of mistakes and you iron them out that's one thing but when you're making the same kind of mistakes in the same kind of positions over and over again and he never he never looks like he takes accountability. He's always looking around him like waiting for a ref to say something or to put in another to another teammate and I just I just don't have any confidence in him. He's definitely an asset going forward, but he's not good enough going forward to atone for the mistakes he makes at the back. He's not Roberto Carlos. He's not going Trent. Forward. Or T A A. Even yeah, even Trent Alexander Arnold, like, you know, he's someone who He's not amazing defensively, but he's like he's decent defensively. But he's so exceptional going forward that people have to worry about him as a threat. People aren't worried enough about Oria going forward for him to get away with what he does at the back. It's simple, and so for me that was a problem. But um, another and person. Sorry, that can I, I just thought, touch on that point? Yeah. Can I just touch on a the point there? Just thinking about it, we didn't really do that lopsided defence that much. I know Oria went forward. I know Davis likes attacking, but. Uh, Sanchez doesn't come all the way over, but it's just an observation. I don't think I saw that as much um, today. It was more, it felt um, more balanced because Davis got Davis had actually quite a lot of the ball and saw a lot of joy um, in terms of possession, did. but didn't do anything with it. He didn't do anything with yeah. it. So th- that's why it appeared more balanced. But um, yeah, we'll see as we feel our way into the rest of the season. But um, I think we obviously have to talk about Kane because. We've been waiting for ages, talking about how we look a bit toothless up front when he's when he's not there, and now we're like, okay, Kane's back. What can we do? And 
I felt like, yes, his his match sharpness wasn't there. And that's something that we've always known you need to get back with, with game time. What I guess concerned me was that even when he's not scoring goals, he puts himself about, he still wants the ball, and his passing is always effective. Today, I thought his passing was very, very poor. A lot of his passes were short, um, giving away possession, and it's hard because it's when you aren't scoring goals, you need to find other ways to make yourself useful. The ball didn't stick to him, and when he did move forward, you know, he was reminiscent of, Luk- of Lukaku at times. Like, the, the attacking moves ended with him, which wasn't good. Harsh with the Lukaku shout. But yeah, Kane was poor today. I don't think we can mince our words. He was poor. And even his decision-making was poor. There was a good break, good opportunity on the left-hand side. Son's on the left. And yeah, maybe you want Son to run in on at goal. But Lamella had the ball and was going to pass. But Kane did the wrong run. He ran out left. Why he ran out left when he was central? Why didn't he just stay central and go through the middle and leave Son with the space and ultimately ended with the move breaking down? And I echo everything you said. Sluggish, we know he needs games. No goal threat. And his one trademark that he has, or that has him um, ranking as one of the most complete number nines in world football is his hold-up play and passing, and they were non-existent today. So that is another reason why we conceded possession and territory, and he kept on dropping deeper. And his heat map is actually, he was more deep than Lamella. Lamella played as our furthest forward player on average, which is worrying, okay? It is worrying, yeah. It is worrying. And... It's even more worrying that Lucas was an absentee, complete absentee. Now, uh, there was a rumour that he's the player with COVID. Um, I hope that isn't the case, but there was no explanation for his absence. I didn't watch any of them post-match. But without him on the bench, obviously with no Delhi, so Lamella was a starter, and with no Troy Parrott because of his recovering from his operation, we had no other option to stick up top, which is worrying. Kane's going to take five games to get fit or to get match fitness. He's been out for a very long time, admittedly, but we need that goal for it. So, but, but, can I just say, Stevie B, Mr. Bergwijn, we can't not talk about that goal. Like, He's a scorer of goals and he's a scorer of great goals. Like that move, Aurier, as you mentioned, had a little touch, prod forward. But the rest of it was everything we've been seeing on those YouTube highlights for PSV. But I feel Running like, at I players, he left Maguire for dead. He did. Go on. De Gea should have saved it. But what do you feel like? That I feel like... I feel like the good thing about Vergwijn is that he he work, he does work hard and he gets himself into positions and he doesn't seem to have he doesn't seem to require many opportunities to make the most of his of of the chances he does get like he doesn't have he does he doesn't seem to need ten chances to score one goal for someone who is coming off the wing he seems to be quite clinical in that sense 
which is good. He's definitely got some home comforts about him. He likes to score at White Hart Lane, um, which is which is great for us. I mean, we'll take goals from anywhere right now. Um, I didn't see much of a burgeoning relationship between him and Kane. Son and Kane were obviously trying to get that going. It didn't really come off today, but they were trying it. Well, not so much, but I mean, that's just going to take time. But it's an, it's an exciting prospect. Like we said before, to have three players up top who have an eye for goal is a, is a great blessing to have. So it's just about making sure we don't mess up at the other end. Yeah. On Stevie B, though, De Gea potentially should have saved it. It was right at him. But it was hit with power. Yes. With, and he took it early. So I think the element of surprise kicked in a little bit. De Gea yeah. wasn't fully set. But That's a keeper fair. of De Gea's quality, although Roy Keane thinks he's overrated, um, you would expect to save it. But do you know what? It came from nothing and he turned it into something. So that type of player we've got in Son, we don't really have in others. So I'm happy to have another player who can do it. And hey, his CV looks pretty good, right? Go on debut against City, go against Man United, or go against Wolves. All top six sides. He's not shy. No, he's not shy. He's not shy. And it's only going to get better next season. Um, and I think it also it adds credibility to the idea that sometimes take a gamble on players in January and give them the rest of the season to bet in. See what happens, man. Like, he's, he's, been, he's been a great example of what, that can happen, what can happen when you do that. So Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So... Already mentioned Moss, not great. Anything about United you want to touch on? Any players, no, tactics? I, I've got nothing to say about United. I just think I feel like the biggest comparison you can make between United and us is that when the time came to make those substitutions, they did what we should have done. Like we mentioned earlier with Pogba and 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 Dombele, we left our guy on the bench. They brought their guy on. Their guy won a penalty. Our guy jogged on to have a little chat afterwards. It's, I think that when it came to sharp, someone who's going to t- make sharp passes in the final third and try something is what we needed. And when we discussed different kinds of players on this podcast before, but it just reminded me of what Guti used to do, right? Guti used to come on in the 80th minute when Madrid weren't winning games or they were drawing and they needed a goal. And he'd find that assist. He'd find that assist that everyone else seemed to be lacking and we don't really have a specialist impact sub like that at the moment like you know Lucas can come on and kind of get you a goal and stuff but someone who's Lucas scores goals out of sheer guile and determination hard running but players who see the game they analyse it and then they come off the bench to make those necessary changes like Solskjaer used to do as a player he used to come on and he used to watch the game and see where he could make impacts come and score important goals Gucci used to sit on the bench and see where those gaps open up fine we don't have a player like that but we do have a player who has the ability to do that for a whole game if he's fit enough and that's why if you say he's not fit give him those last five minutes give him those last ten minutes and see what he can do so um that's kind of how I've turned talking about United into talking to Spurs, talking about Spurs, because <laughs> I think that's I think that's the more the more important point. Do I think I think also a key thing is that I don't see them as big of a rival for top four as maybe initially set out. Like it's at one stage it looked like they were gonna run away from it. Run away with it, but right now I think they could be joined into a fight. So 
that's a good thing. It all depends on how Pogba and Fernandez play together, to be honest with you. If they click properly, like they look like they were doing towards the end of this game, then it's going to be a problem. Yeah, and that's the point I was just going to touch on. Fernandez and Pogba. We know Pogba can be a special Premier League player. For all his doubters, critics and naysayers, give him someone to hold um, alongside him, like France do with Kante, and let him be Pogba. So if United can do that, and then Fernandez already proven that he's got the quality, then they can click. However, I think we're good enough, and I think we could have got the three points today. So let's start with Mr Mourinho. And what would you rate him today, his performance? I would give him a six and a half. I think he set, he set up the team. He set up the team like fairly well. It was balanced. The problem that he he probably got was that once we scored early, everyone just kind of thought, okay, let's just kind of hold on to that. Let's retreat. Let's not turn the screw, um, which we could have done. And then when we went. When they equalise, then it's like, okay, we, we can play again. And we finished off quite strong. But it just goes to, it makes you wonder what would have happened if we had adopted that mentality after the first goal. Could we have got another one and put it to bed? Who knows? So that's why I give him a six. Okay, six or six and a half? Because you said six, six and, and a half. half six and a half, six and a half, six and a half. Okay, he's going to average at six, 6.25, because I'm going to give him a six. I'm just very dumbfounded by the non-selection of, at any point, of Don Bele. Um... And I think that was a big miss. And I would have personally brought on Lacelso earlier, especially if he's fit. Let him play. You only get your fitness from playing. That's so, true. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Loris. Eight. I'm going to commanding. Yeah. Commanding made important saves. Um, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do to keep a man as a captain. He did those things. So eight and a half. So six for Mourinho, eight and a half for Lloris yep. on average. Aurier. A five. Same. Sanchez. A six. So I thought Sanchez played okay. I know there were two moments, two headers that I didn't think he cleared with distance and one led to a Rashford chance. But I think there are signs of green shoots and some may say too late. Defenders mature with age. He's 24. I'm going to give him a seven. So six and a half for Sanchez. Uh, I'm going to give him a six. It would have been a seven had it not been for the penalty. Um, but then also there was that really good block. So it kind of it kind of left it at the six for me. I thought it was it was a positive performance given his recent form. But I'm not getting carried away. Six. Such a harsh man. Such a dire hater. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so let me just just re- recap on what you said. If he didn't give away the penalty, you would have only given him a seven. Yeah. Because you just don't think he did anything spectacular, and he no, did he did. He, he did his. He did his job, and he did one like, and he did Decent one block. like spectacular like piece of defensive play. Yeah. Okay, I'll give him six and a half, I guess. No, I'm going to give him seven. Let him get six and a half on average. Mad. He would have got got eight for me had he not given away the penalty. Fair enough. Davies? Um, Davies was a six. 
Um, I think he was six because he didn't really do anything wrong, but he also didn't take advantage of the amount of space he had to exploit on his side. But he's not that inclined the footballer to go forward. It's not the way he's set up. But he's made the manager believe that he can play in that position. If you know that when you get that space, you're not going to exploit it, then it's up to Mourinho to say, fine, Sessignon, go in. And he didn't do that. So, Yeah, I mean, we know how I feel about Davies. So, yeah, six. Yeah, he had 40% of, we had 40% of our play down the left-hand side today and didn't make the most of it. So, At six. All. Winks? Five. Didn't offer anything going forward. Didn't offer anything going back. His passing wasn't incisive. It wasn't purposeful. I mean, if someone told you he wasn't playing, you wouldn't actually argue. So, for someone to be in the in the middle of the park and not make any impact is unacceptable. So, five. Yeah, he, he drove once and I thought, go Winks in the first half. Didn't see anything from him other than that. So, I agree with that. Sissoko? So that was the seven for me. He 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 broke up play as best he could. He had one very very good um, interception. Um, we missed him. Um, actually, you know, I'm gonna give him a seven and a half because of some of the play. Yeah, seven and a half because a couple of bits of play that were brilliant. But then he also rode his luck a little bit in the right back area when he was trying to help out Aurier, and they looked like a pair of clowns. And if it wasn't for some of those instances, I probably would have given him an eight. So, seven and a half. Well, Dyer hater, Sissoko lover. I'm a fair man. I'm a fair man. <laughs> I will give Sissoko a seven then. Uh, I, think he, I think he did okay. And yeah, uh, Sissoko didn't have that drive-in run, run in, but I think he was more disciplined today. So And coming back from injury. So yeah, I'll give him a seven. So he averages at seven and a quarter. Uh, Lamella Lamella I'm going to give a 6 I think he held up the ball well he he was purposeful with the ball he did look for things nothing really came off though and he took a lot of responsibility from that tackling line because he held up the ball so that they could all get into promising positions it was quite selfish in that way and he ran all day it just wasn't particularly effective but I mean it gave me it did give me hope that in the absence of of um, Dele and the absence of obviously now Ericsson's gone I do feel that like he can do a job in that number 10 role okay yeah I, I felt like he flattered to deceive at times today I felt like what we really rate him for apart from his tenacity is that slide rule pass and I think he messed up on a couple of those for me today um, I was expecting a bit more given the form he's been in in those training games, if you like. But six and a half for me today for Lamilla. Okay. Uh, Son. Son was uh, six and a half. He put pressure on the opposition. He tried to pin them out as much as possible. He made a couple of mistakes defensively, gave away some cheap fouls on Fernandez, which allowed them to break up the play, which was quite frustrating. And he delayed a couple of passes. There was a pass to Bervine that he delayed. And he's got the ability to play that pass really quickly. He should have done that. But I put that down to my sharpness. Namela had one of those, but as well. Also, should Son have scored the header and made it 2-0? Yeah, I'd say yeah. 
not known for his heading, especially for He's not, man, but I, I've seen him score awkward headers. I've seen him score awkward headers before. So I feel like with his size, his ability, yeah, he should be scoring that. Bergwijn? I'm going to give Bergwijn a seven because not only did he score, but he like worked really hard. He wasn't actually that... Um, he didn't actually cause United that much by way of trouble, but when he got his opportunity, he took it, man. And so, yeah. Seven. Whoa, 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 whoa. Seven and a half, probably. He, I think it's seven, seven and a half. He gave Sissoko a seven and a half. I'm going to give him a seven and a half. scores a goal where he dribbles past three players and scores a very important goal. And you give him seven, then seven and a half. I'm going to give him an eight. I'm going to give... You're giving him an eight? I'm giving him an eight. I'm, maybe I'm paying the averages. Maybe I know that you got to go high and I'll go low. So maybe that's what I'm doing. It's, he's produced a moment. A moment that's earned us a point in reality, right? So I'm giving him an eight. You know, so you're, right. You're, you're, right. you're right. You're right. No, you're yeah. right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. I'll, give, I'll go with eight. Hey. Okay, so far <laughs> he's our man of the match. Mr. Mr. Monsieur Harry Kane. A five. Passing was poor. Passing was poor. No hold up play. No, like, nothing towards goal. Like, even his free kick, like. Yeah, I'm giving him a free. And I tell you, I'm giving him a free. Everything you've said. And you know, sometimes when Kane's not fit and not mobile, he gets the ball and he just runs and then he falls over. He did that in the second half, where it's just like his legs went. I'm like, mate. You need those games, and we don't have that time. If we're going to get top four or Champions League, we need you to be hitting the ground, running a lot quicker than you normally are. So, And he didn't do everything else right, so I'm giving him a free. It's very harsh, very controversial. He's Harry Kane. I do think he's a good player, one of our best players, but free. No, that's fair. Uh, that is fair. That is fair. Lo Celso. Uh, the Celso, I'm going to give a, a six and a half to... No, yeah, I'm going to six, six and a half to because he came on, he, he brought, he brought impetus, impetus into the game, he got us moving forward. Instantly, we, were further, we spent more time further up the pitch. He won a lot of fouls, didn't allow them to get started. So, yeah, I thought it was good, a good cameo. And Getson? Getson was hard, man. It's hard because he's not a winger, but he had to play there and he did... He did kind of cause trouble in that space and get forward. He he tried, he got a couple of balls into the box. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna give him a give him a six. And the fans, uh, <laughs> almost caught you out. Okay, cool. So that's it. Next game Tuesday night, West Ham at home. Predictions. West Ham, they they love it. They love coming to Tottenham and doing that nonsense. But I've had enough of their crap, man. 2-1 Spurs. And does Delhi regain his place? No. I don't think he does. So, same lineup. No, I think... I think we swap Davis for Sessegnon. And I think, and I think Ndombele might start. So the Celso definitely starts. It's definitely the okay. Celso definitely starts. Yeah. So the front three will stay the same. Sissoko. Yeah, and the front three stay the same. Maybe take take Winks out for um for Ndombele. 
So Lamella retains his place. Oh no, Delhi comes in. No, you said Delhi doesn't start, so Lamella yeah, retains I mean, his place. Yeah. Lacelso and Sissoko. Yep. Okay, there you have it. Let's see what happens. 2 1 prediction. Yeah, I'm going for win. We've got to win that game. It's a must win. Um, and hopefully we have more impetus and more cutting edge. Um, away from that, I think it's over to you, my man, to sign us out. Yeah, man. Thanks again for listening. Appreciate it, guys. To wherever you're listening from, um, please remember to pass on the pod, tell a friend to tell a friend. Um, write those reviews, man. They're really important, putting us in the up the charts and just exposing us to more people. Five-star reviews only because we only give you five-star content. Um, yeah, so I guess uh, nothing left to do but to follow us on the Shelf Side Pod on Twitter. At Shelf Pod. At Shelf Pod on Twitter. Corrections. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sick of my retractions, guys. I'm actually going to stop making those <laughs> statements. I've, I've had enough. Um, but yeah, so coming. it's good. Yeah. That's, 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 I mean, just, there's just too many to count now at this stage. It's becoming a trademark of mine, an unwanted trademark. But um, yeah. <laughs> For now, it's a good night from me. And it's a good night from me. Up the Spurs. Let's run the outro.